1: beloved family how are you and you are well i pray you are well therefore you are well and all manner of things shall be well people attribute that statement all shall be well and all shall be well and all manner of things shall be well to julian of norwich but it was our lord jesus christ who gave those words to julian all shall be well because god is in control he is in control he is allowing this evil to blanket us And um, what we don't see is the evil he stops uh, from blanketing us. Um, It's time to get our lives in order, together, bring our children home, get them out of school, public school, Catholic school. It needs to be an exceptional Catholic school for you to keep your children in there. I know of uh, St. Augustine Academy in Wisconsin, Madison, which is um, magnificent, and there are a, few, a handful of others, um, but if you go to a Catholic school and your child is mandated to wear a mask, pull that child out of that school. No one should be mandated to wear a mask. It is damaging to your child. Bring them home and teach them. Uh, teach them how to live. Teach them the commandments um, and teach them their education. They need you, they need morality, they need protection, they need security, they need to know who they are more than they need to make an A-plus on a math exam. You can continue to teach them at home. There are many homeschool co-ops and organizations. Um, If you'd like good resources, go to our website, uh, motherofisraelshope.org, and if you click to the right on newsletters, uh, a couple of newsletters back... Uh, last fall was our newsletter fully devoted to homeschooling, and in there we have we did a survey uh, from homeschooling moms on the top homeschooling resources and homeschooling programs, and they're all there in that newsletter. So um, you don't need to reinvent the wheel. You don't need to go to school in order to teach others. Uh, The whole program is there. They begin with a package. You don't have to even know what you're doing. Just uh, easily follow um, uh, the packages of those who have put this together and have been successful and know what they're doing. So for now, um, me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You and your house, you will serve the Lord. And please him and fulfill the purpose for which you were made. And we are reading um, This is the Faith because that's what we need to know. This is the Faith. It's a book for the whole family, and you can explain it, break it down a little bit for the younger ones, but it's very understandable. This is the Faith by Canon Francis Ripley, and we are on the study now of man. First, it was, let me see this. Um, uh, about God. Now, what is man? And that this current section begins that the soul, our soul, is immortal. The souls of animals, the souls of plants, every living thing has a soul, but they are not necessarily immortal. But our soul is immortal. The souls of human beings are immortal. Therefore, because we're immortal, our soul. Is spiritual. It is not made up of parts which are distinct and separable. Hence, even though the body dies, the soul cannot undergo corruption or disintegration. In itself, it cannot be corrupted. In itself, it cannot be killed through the agency of any creature. The only way it could cease to exist would be by annihilation by God. And that would be against his infinite wisdom, goodness, and justice. God does not annihilate his creation. And he does not annihilate his human beings. Again, all men desire perfect happiness. If that desire could only end in frustration, human nature would have been created defective by God, in that it is unable to fulfill the end for which it was created by him, namely for happiness. Why do we seek happiness, beloved? Because God made us for happiness. That's why we seek happiness. And if God made us for happiness, he will fulfill that. His wisdom and justice demand that a desire springing from human nature itself must be capable of attainment. In other words... Perfect happiness is the destiny God has appointed for man. It must, therefore, be attainable by all who act in conformity with the divine will. There's the rub. Happiness is attainable by all who act in conformity with the divine will. If you are currently depressed, beloved, if you are miserable, It's because you are not acting in accord with the divine will. You're not trusting his will to be done in your life. You're not living up to what he has asked you to do. Perfect happiness cannot be attained in this world, no matter how much we live up to God's design. It cannot be attained in this world. And therefore, there must be a future life in which it is to be found. And there is, beloved, there is, there is, there is. I remember before I was a Christian, and I was an evangelical Protestant for 18 years trying to save Catholics before I became one. Um... I didn't know why mankind was on the earth. I didn't have a reason to exist. I was very successful in the world, ran two companies, had three marriage proposals, had a very active life, all of that, and not a reason to live inside. Why is mankind on earth? I know, Since I'm 10 years old, no one could even answer that question for me. I don't even know if I asked it out loud, but that's what I lived with. And then I met our Lord Jesus Christ, and I had a reason to live from that moment on, as a Protestant, for every second that I breathed. And you know, it took me a year to know that I had heaven, too. I didn't know that. I had Christ. I had a reason to live. I was a new creature. He came to live within me. He died for me. He loved me. He rose from the dead for me. And I had a reason for every second I breathed. That was enough to have a reason to exist on earth. It was a year before I knew that I had heaven, too. And that was dessert, absolute dessert. Another proof that the soul is immortal is to be found in the conviction that God's justice demands a future life in which the obvious inequalities of this life will be redressed. Conscience implies the existence of a supreme legislator who will recompense the good and punish the wicked. Yet during this life, the wicked only too often prosper, while the good often suffer. To suggest that justice, oh no, let me, let me see, to suggest that death is the end of everything is an affront to the infinite justice of God, beloved. We'll never know full happiness until we're in heaven. And that takes death on earth, not death of the soul, death of the body, that our soul will enter heaven. Scripture is full of proof that the soul of man is spiritual and immortal. Genesis says the Lord God formed man of the slime of the earth and breathed into his face the breath of life and man became a living soul. Wisdom says the souls of the just are in the hand of God and the torment of death shall not touch them. In the sight of the unwise they seem to die but they are in peace. Their hope is full of immortality. The bringing of the dead to life, such as Elias and Elijah, would be impossible unless the soul had remained in existence in order to be able to return to the body. Also, it is clear from many texts in the Old Testament that the Jews always believed in the afterlife. They had to be forbidden, for example to attempt to contact the spirits of the dead. Hold on just a minute. Every once in a while, I have a feeling that I'm repeating what I read the day before, and I am doing that. I am so sorry. Here we go. Um... Okay, here we go. I'll read the last paragraph from yesterday. During life, we are engaged in the task of making our souls ready for eternity. We cannot escape from that task, even for a second. Just as a great masterpiece of painting is made up of a multitude of little strokes, so the state of our soul for all eternity will be the result of our every thought. Listen to this, beloved. The state of our soul for all eternity, will be the result of our every thought, word, deed, and omission during life. Everyone needs to keep this fact foremost in mind at all times. Well, maybe there were some listening today that didn't listen in yesterday, we repeated part of yesterday's reading, and we begin with a new section that's titled, We Are Free. We are free. Jesus said, "You shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. free from what? From death, from hell, from Satan, to what? Free to love God, to know Him, to be happy in this world, even in this world, and live with him, to live with Him in this world, be happy with him in the next. But I tell you with all sorrows and sadness um, and trials of this world, i am happy with him in this world because i know his love and he's on his throne we'll be right back after the break beloved hello beloved this is mother miriam how would you like to wake up each morning to inspiring sermons from knowledgeable and faith-filled priests You can tune in to sermons for everyday living, every day, at 6 a.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross. You can listen on thestationofthecross.com or anytime on the free iCatholic Radio mobile app. God bless you.
2: The Station of the Cross thanks our financial supporters who have enabled us to broadcast Catholic programs for more than 20 years. As a nonprofit lay organization not affiliated with your diocese, our apostolate is listener-supported. Through your generosity, we're able to inspire countless listeners with the gospel message and help lead them to a parish to be spiritually nourished by the sacraments. Thank you for your continued support, and may God bless you and your family. Love learning more about the Church, but confused or disheartened by the struggles we are facing today? Follow LifeSite News Catholic on Facebook, Twitter, or sign up for LifeSite Catholic emails and stay up to date on the constant stream of news about the Catholic Church. Our church is in a time of crisis, and we as laity have a responsibility and a duty to educate ourselves and stay true to the faith. LifeSite News Catholic is dedicated to keeping the laity informed and educated. To follow us, go to Facebook or Twitter and search LifeSite News Catholic. As Mother Miriam always says, we must live as if it were true.
1: We are right in the middle of a section titled, We Are Free, in um, the book, This is the Faith by Canon Francis Ripley, and uh, we're going to continue from where we left off, and again at our second break, uh, following our second break, we'll have a whole half hour to ourselves for your calls, your texts, and your emails. And our toll-free number, I'll give it to you now, is one or email at mother at um, Canon Ripley says the very fact that good is to be rewarded and evil punished implies that men are free to do good and avoid evil. Every man, hold on a second now, where am I? Here we are. Every man will reap what he sows. He is free during life to identify himself with either good or evil. The choice rests with him. Before acting, he deliberates. In acting, he chooses. But deliberation and choice testify to man's freedom. It is he who determines which group of motives is to prevail. And he knows that he is not merely passively swayed by those motives. He is conscious, too, that he does not let himself drift in the direction of the predominating enticement, such as temptation to sin. When he has chosen, he knows he could have chosen otherwise. Duty, law, obligation, responsibility, punishment, reward, merit, all these and many other words imply moral liberty. The universal consent of mankind expressed in the laws, literature, and language of all ages and nations affirm that real obligations do exist. The lunatic who is not legally responsible for his actions is carefully distinguished in the law from the criminal who is responsible for what he does. The internal feelings of self-approbation after good actions, and remorse after evil ones imply a profound realization of one's personal responsibility. Character traits which are influenced by heredity and environment and the circumstances of the moment obviously count tremendously in a person's conduct, but they do not absolutely control the action of any person's will. It is one thing to be influenced, such as by a motive. It is quite another thing to be inexorably determined by it. That man is personally responsible for his thoughts, words, and deeds is well expressed by Shakespeare when he puts these words into the mouth of Lago. "'Tis in ourselves that we are thus or thus." Our bodies are our gardens, to the which our wills are gardeners, so that if we will plant nettles or sow lettuce, set hyssop and weed up thyme, supply it with one gender of herbs or distract it with many, either to have it sterile with idleness or manured with industry, why the power and incorrigible authority of this lies in our wills. Beloved, we're made in the image of God, and that has to do with our ability to think and to reason and our will. Do you know that it's not just a matter of heaven or hell, it is one or the other, in the presence of God or out of the presence of God, where we'll live forever, that is so. But also, do you know that we determine here on earth, we who are in heaven or hell, the level of heaven or hell to which we will go. There are levels of hell just like heaven. And if we go to heaven, beloved, we will all go as a full vessel, all of us as a full vessel. There'll be no regrets in heaven, there'll be no tears. We will not wish we had done better in heaven, none of that. We will all go filled to the capacity of our goodness, our good works, our good deeds, our obedience, our love on earth. Some of us will go as a full thimble, a thimble full, and we won't be able to experience any more love than that. And we will be a full thimble for all eternity. No complaint, no regret, because we'll be full. Some of us will go as a full cup. And that's obviously a lot more love and a lot more goodness um, and um, cooperation with God on earth to be a cup than a thimble. And we will be full. And the thimble won't be jealous of us because the thimble couldn't take anymore. And the cup will go as a full cup. Some of us will go as a full giant Bucket. And again, the thimble and cup won't be jealous of us because they can't take anymore. But we will go as a full bucket. And that means we will be on such a level those who love Him extremely on earth, who make sacrifices, who make choices to love on earth. They will go as a full bucket and be able to serve God on a level that others won't for all of eternity. We'll all be serving God. But those who have loved much on earth will love much for all eternity and serve God on a higher level. It's true. It's the teaching of the church, beloved. And we have now to do that. And if we say, oh my goodness, but I've already done so badly. I've already wasted so much time. I've already committed so many sins. I've already this, I've already that. Don't let that stand in your way. Your eternity is not sealed. It's not sealed as long as you have breath. Go to confession. Make a general confession. If you're living in sin now, stop. If you're living with someone who's not your lawful wife or husband, don't ever go back to them. Repent and live for God. You still have time while you have breath. While you have breath, When you go to sleep at night, you don't know. You'll wake up in the morning. People say to me, how do we prepare for the the end times? How do we prepare for what's coming? And my answer is, the way you prepare every single day to go into eternity, because you don't know that you'll wake up in the morning. You don't know that you won't be hit by a car. You don't know that you have tomorrow. We have to be prepared every day for eternity. And you can begin now. You can begin now to repent, to repent, and to live the rest of your days in sacrifice, in love for God, in keeping His commandments and helping others. Yes, you can. Mary Magdalene spent the last thirty years of her life on the top of a mountain. Uh, in a cave, I was there, making, not when she was alive, but I was able to be there, making doing repentance the rest of her life in repentance, for her life of sin. And she knew she was forgiven. We enter into another section now, we only have a few minutes for it, and the heading is, What Does Life Mean? Every man, whether he likes it or not, must live on for eternity after his physical death, again, one place or another. His eternal destiny depends on his own choice. It may be an eternity of life in the vision of God, or an eternity of suffering and pain and enmity with God. Good master, said the rich young man in the Gospel of Mark, good master, what shall I do that I may receive life everlasting? That's a question we should all ask, in one form or another, as did the rich young man of the Gospel. For we each have an immortal soul. We are made for life everlasting and we are able to choose good rather than evil. In the words of the Catechism, God made me to know him, to love him, to serve him in this world, and to be happy with him forever in the next. I cannot know God without being moved to love him. I cannot love him without serving him, and I cannot faithfully serve him without receiving the reward of life with him with him, for all eternity. Hence, knowledge, especially that supernatural knowledge called faith, is essential to achieve our true, eternal destiny of life with God forever. The knowledge of God and what he expects of us, therefore, the most important thing... Sorry, the knowledge of God and what he expects of us is, therefore the most important thing that can possibly claim the attention of man. The body is but dust. The things of the world will pass away, but God and the soul are eternal. They will live forever. The soul is made for happiness with God. If it misses that goal, its whole destiny is ruined. What sense is there then? in treating the things of the world, wealth, ambition, comfort, as if they are more important than God and the soul. Eternal life is worth any sacrifice. For what doth it profit a man if he gain the whole world and suffer the loss of our own soul? Our Lord asked that question, and it's a question we can never afford to forget. What doth it profit a man if he gained the whole world and suffer the loss of his own soul. Ask yourself that question, dear ones. I think we just have about a minute before the break. Ask yourself that question. What are you in the process of doing, of getting a, a hero's body, of exercising in the gym, of, of partying, of shopping, and getting the latest fashions and all of that? It's all amounts to absolutely nothing if you don't pay attention at least as much or more to your soul than you do to the body and to success in this world. Beloved, if you're a mother or your father, you have a grave, grave, grave responsibility to live your vocation. If God has given you children, they are number one in your life. You must raise them as saints for the kingdom. You must You must, I've said this a million times, if the school doesn't, if it's a so-called Catholic school and does not live up to what its name is, take your child out. If they require the vaccine, take your child out. If they require masks, take your child out. If it's a public school, keep your child from it. You have been given the eternal destiny of a soul, of a child, or how many children you have, their eternal destiny is in your hands. And if you turn them over to the world and they wind up in hell, that will be on you. They still have choices to make when they're old enough. But if you put them on the path to hell now, um, don't think that heaven awaits you. You are tremendously responsible for that. Protect them. Teach them their faith. Bring them to heaven. We'll be right back after this break, beloved. And we'll take your calls, your emails, and your texts. Toll free, one 877 We'll be right back.
2: LifeSite News is an international news agency devoted to defending life and family and restoring Christian culture. We aim to educate and activate our readers with the information they need to fight the most crucial battles of our day in their churches, workplaces, and families. Our motto is Caritas in Veritate, Love in Truth. We firmly believe that promoting the truth is an act of love, however hard it is to hear. Over the last 20 years, we have built a reputation for uncompromising reporting, no matter the cost. LifeSite News is by far the most popular pro-life website on the internet with over 40 million unique users every year and growing. Check us out at LifeSiteNews.com.
0: of the cross, we proudly bring the truths of the Catholic faith to countless listeners through radio and mobile devices, and we're grateful for the feedback we've received.
3: I'm a, a widower, parent of three, almost adults, and listen to you guys around the clock. Father McTig, Society of Jesus, he's wonderful. Mother Miriam, of course, the Divine Office, and many other great things that the Station of the Cross does. So thanks very much for your great work.
1: I had a friend at work email me and tell me about the Station of the Cross a couple months after it started, and I was so excited. I tuned into it, and I found that I love the Catholic Station.
0: If you've been blessed, by listening to the Station of the Cross, let us know. Call 1-877-888-6279 extension 112 then share your testimonial with us.
1: Welcome, beloved, back to Mother Miriam Live. This is our whole half hour together, and our lines are wide open. And you are most welcome to call in with anything on your heart. As I often say, the heart of the matter is the matter of your heart, not what we're speaking about, but whatever's on your heart. Toll free one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three, or email at motheratthestationofthecross.com. We have an email from Jenny, and Jenny writes, Hello and good morning, Mother. I am firm in my resolve not to take the vaccine. I feel almost as strong in my desire not to even be tested, but wonder if my information on that is incorrect or is correct. After all these months, I may have been tested once when I gave blood, but no other time, what are your thoughts about being tested? I'd like not to be one of the countless false positives and go down that rabbit hole. Jenny Jenny, I agree with you <clears throat> I've been t- tested twice and uh, was negative both times i don't I want to avoid being tested another time at all costs um, and um, I, I didn't even think about what you said—false positives. I never thought about that one. But um, I'm—they are so desperate to get all of us vaccinated. So desperate. I remember the uh, last week, the statement of our president uh, saying that his patience is running out. Well, who does he think he is? Uh, he's acting worse than Hitler. I, I don't know. I, so. They're so desperate to get all of us vaccinated, and that is uh, equal to reducing the population of the world. I clearly say that. To get the world vaccinated is to reduce the population, have thousands upon thousands die and maimed. There's no question there. Um, And so I'm, I'm concerned that if they can't get the... The serum into us by a vaccine, they'll get it in by some other way. I wouldn't put it past them to get it in on the end of a q tip. So I uh, agree with you. Um, I would not get tested uh, if I could avoid it at all costs. I will not take the vaccine. But um, uh, testing, um, I would not. But um, there might be a circumstance where I give in to testing, but not to the vaccine. We have a text uh, from someone who writes in anonymously and says, hi, Mother Miriam. My husband and I, who are devout Catholics, have been invited for the holidays to a relative's house. Her niece will be there. She is a teenager with half-shaved head and half-chin-length green hair. My goodness, let me read this again. Her niece will be there. She is a teenager with a half-shaved head and half-chin-length green hair. We aren't sure if she's homosexual living out that lifestyle. Should we go to the gathering? Our instinct is no, that we should should not expose our two-year-old to this person. Thank you, and God bless you, Mother, from Anonymous. Oh, that's a bit of a rough one, because you want to show her, her niece... Um, Uh, Christ's love and be able to speak with her about Christ. Um, I don't know. A two-year-old can absorb an awful lot. Um, I probably would not go. It's it's a hard decision to make because you want to love. I would go if you weren't bringing a two-year-old with you. Um, Then I would go and try to show this teenager the love of God and sincerely ask her about her life. Um, if, you can, if you're uh, comfortable having someone babysit your two-year-old, that's fine, but if you're going to bring your two-year-old, probably I would not do that. We have... Um, an email from Elizabeth who says, if the illumination of conscience happens, happens, is it for everyone, Christians and non-believers? My understanding, Elizabeth, is yes. The illumination of conscience, otherwise known as the warning, and the warning is by way of illumination of conscience, that is to say that every single soul on earth, Christian or not, every single soul on earth will see their life as God sees it. will see all their sins, all of that. And the the warning is that some will be in such shock they won't be able to take it, they may die on the spot. Um, and others uh, will be immediately repentant and reform their lives, and yet others will be hardened and become worse than ever before. But yes, it is for every single soul yet alive on the earth. Um, we have a call from Kathy in Marilyn. Hello, Kathy. Uh, good morning. I am a uh, recent revert to the Catholic faith. I Welcome home. Welcome in back. 2019. Oh, I, I give you a hug through the radio, Kathy. God bless you.
0: Yes, I really love my faith, and I listen to you and EWT.
1: Good. Now you've... Yes, Kathy, I'm sorry, sweetheart, Uh, your call dropped somehow, so I'm going to take the next email, and you just call back, and we'll take you as soon as I'm done with this next email. Okay, I hope you can call back, Kathy. We have an email from Jen, and Jen says, "Uh, hello, Mother Miriam, I attended Mass last week at our parish and was saddened and upset to find that the deacon of the parish would not dispense the Eucharist to me on the tongue well shame on him he'll be accountable before god that's the norm of the church not in the hand but in the tongue is the norm twice he motioned for me to receive in the hand which i would not do i walked back to my pew without receiving normally my family and i approach the priest who is originally from poland and we are able to receive on the tongue with no problems but the priest was visiting family in poland last week and not at mass to my knowledge, there has been no decree or directive from our diocese forbidding us to receive on the tongue in light of COVID or otherwise. Should I pursue this matter with our parish priest so that the deacon may receive some sort of correction or let the matter go? I would take it to the parish priest. Absolutely. It should not be the deacon's choice. I have been going through a difficult time with one of our children, and to be denied the Eucharist in a way I find more reverent was very hurtful to me. I understand that. Thanks for your advice, and God bless Jen. Jen, I would have done just what you did, and I would have refused to receive on the hand, and I, will, I would go to the parish priest and tell him about that, um, because the deacon had no right to do that, absolutely no right to do that. Um, so, um, go to your parish priest, dear one. I don't know if you go to a Latin church or not, but if you continue to have problems, you might go to a Latin church. In a in a Latin church, um, uh, there wouldn't be a deacon res- distributing the Eucharist. The Eucharist should not leave the hands of anyone, uh, should not be distributed by anyone, but by the hands of a consecrated priest, by the consecrated hands of a priest. Kathy, you're back on the line, are you, dear one?
0: Yes, thank you, mother. Sure. I, um, yeah, I'm. I'm just so confused about all the. Uh, division within the church on the vaccine and there's other issues as well and I feel in my heart that the the vaccine is not something that I should take but I feel like the pope is really pushing it and he's the leader of the church and it's hard for me to reconcile and explain it to people in my family that know I'm you know involved in my faith again and that I disagree with the vaccine but the pope Pushing the vaccine, and how can I say I'm Catholic if I don't agree with the Pope about this? So it's well, just
1: it, been confusing. It, yeah, I understand, Kathy, and um, there is no reconciling that. Um, Catholics may not receive the aborted fetal cells of a murdered child. No, um, you are right to not receive the vaccine. The Pope is pushing it. The Pope is wrong. Um, We follow the Pope in matters of faith and morals. In everything else, he is fallible as we are, and he's 100% wrong for pushing the vaccine. Um, we, We have no obedience to him in those things, absolutely not, only in faith and morals. It would be good. If the Pope were a holy man following the faith fully and not contradicting morals, but that's not the case, and it hasn't been the case at times in the past. There the Pope, there are bishops, cardinals, and priests with disagreement on the vaccines, with disagreement on certain morals in the church, and they're wrong. We are in a time of apostasy, great apostasy, and many have turned from the faith, and the Pope is not exempt from that. Um, the vaccine is immoral, and um, the fact that the Pope is pushing it is um, uh, as grievous a matter as I can think of. So don't be confused. Know that this is, according to what was prophesied, a time of confusion, a time of apostasy, a time where Peter uh, said in the scriptures that Um, division will enter into the church and that if possible even the elect could be deceived Uh, so uh, they are being deceived left and right so don't be confused by pope by a pope or bishops or cardinals who do not follow the faith you follow the faith kathy and um and again um we must follow the magisterium Uh, And the Holy Father, when he speaks on matters of faith and morals that are binding to the faithful, and we wish that he could give us good, holy advice on other things, but it's been many times through history that that hasn't been the case. You be firm in your faith, Kathy, and don't be confused by those who have turned from it.
0: Thank you, Mother Miriam. I really appreciate speaking to you today.
1: Good, Kathy. I'm so glad you called. And God bless you, Honey Bunch. You don't mind my calling you, Honey Bunch. I'm so glad you're back. And, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad you've come home. God bless you. Um, we have an email from Jen. And Jen says, Hello, Mother Miriam. Um, <clears throat> uh, oh, no, this is, we, we already took Jen. I'm sorry. An email from Richard. Um, dear Mother Miriam, I was listening to one of your broadcasts in which you apologized profusely for having suggested that the Pope was somehow demonic. Yes, that was quite a while ago. I think think that has to do with the Pachamama. Yeah, you said the reason was his new humanism, Pachamama, etc. Um, that was uh, the result of a uh, correction I got by phone call from a bishop directly And I said, I didn't say the Pope was demonic. I said that what he's doing is demonic. I never said the Pope was demonic, but I could say what he's doing is demonic. Um, Richard says, my humble opinion is that he is dividing the church to the point that I, and I imagine many others, do not know what it means to be Catholic anymore, or even what the church stands for. Richard, what you're saying is tragically true. Tragically true. And Richard says that is a serious matter, and I humbly believe that your first reaction, hefty as it was, came from your gut, and you could well have been totally correct. Again, dear Richard, I never said the Pope was demonic, but I did say what he's doing is demonic. If he's demonic, it may be, but I can't judge that. He's certainly going along with a demonic agenda. I can say that. He is doing that but I cannot judge whether he is demonic. Uh, Richard says, It has been said that when Satan takes over the papacy, that is the end of the Catholic Church. I believe it was Malachi Martin who suggested this. I am sure there were many more. Is that time now? God bless Richard. Richard, I certainly think if it's not that time, we're at the absolute beginning of that time. I, I do believe that the enemy is running. The, the, the papacy and the Vatican, it's, it's as awful and vile as can be. So, Richard, we, I think we're at that time. Um, God bless all of you. We're going to go to our second break, and then we'll take your calls. Oh, no, we have one more segment left. I'm sorry. So we'll be back after the break. Again, for your calls, your texts, and your emails. We'll be right back.
2: You can listen to any of our network produced programs at your convenience, wherever you enjoy podcasts, hear a powerful sermon you need to share with a loved one. Maybe there's a guest or teaching segment that deserves another listen. You can find all of our shows on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, our website and the free iCatholic Radio app. Be uplifted in your faith. Listen today at thestationofthecross.com or on your favorite podcasting platform. Howdy. this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Morning Show. We're happy to be with you on the Station of the Cross Catholic Media Network each weekday morning at 7 a.m. We strive to keep you informed and inspired with insightful guests and a look at the new stories of the day that you need to know. Join us on the Catholic Drive Time Show every weekday morning at 7 a.m. on the Station of the Cross and the iCatholic Radio app. That's on the Station of the Cross and the iCatholic Radio app. God love you.
3: Thank you for helping to save the culture.
0: Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com.
1: Welcome back, beloved to Mother Miriam Live. This is our last segment, <clears throat> and we have a little more than ten minutes. So, again, you're always welcome to call in and the toll free number 1-877-511-5483, or email at mother at the station of the We have an email from Teresa who writes, Hello, Mother Miriam. I've spoken to you in the past, and I have some questions for you about something I'm going through my faith is really being tested right now but honestly i believe these things have been happening to me most of my life i only just i've only just begun to open my eyes to this truth and reality <clears throat> excuse me a moment i'm being spiritually attacked on a daily basis and i've tried just about everything to help myself out in this situation It causes me to have visions, but these are not good visions that I have seen so far. It shows me things that I have tried asking my local priest and bishop about, but have gotten no guidance or response from them except one priest whom I have been heard by in confession and I'm working on the things he has requested of me. It seems that every time I have come back to the church, I've been attacked with these visions. as well as having physical manifestations of something crawling on my body, seeing a black cloud around me, and seeing the number 666 in my visions, I hear these voices that say they are the wood or Satan. I've had visions of something that looks old uh, and ancient like a mummy. I had stopped coming to Mass, but I have recently returned because this suffering is more than I can bear. It causes me to have nightmares, physical manifestations as well as feels as if something is whipping me or I'm being crucified in my hands, my my hands, feet side around my head. I'm not sure who to speak about this, who to speak to about this, but I have tried several priests and I've had no response or help. What may I do in my situation? I'm doing my best to be faithful. But being attacked day and night is overwhelming for me. I pray my rosary, I attend Mass, I go to confession, I listen to the Word and read it, etc. <clears throat> I don't want to complain, I just want to understand how I can remain faithful like this. I'm alone most of the time, and when I attend a certain church here where I live, I'm attacked physically while I'm attending. I'm sorry this is so long, Mother, but Mother Miriam, I'm in desperate need of prayer guidance and help, blessings, Teresa. You are in desperate need of help, Teresa. I think I recall your um, having called in or written before. Teresa, you need to get to a, a experienced exorcist in the church. I don't know if in your diocese there is an exorcist. If there is, the priests and bishops should ha- already have put you together with that exorcist. You're going to need to do a little work to find an exorcist, even if you have to travel to see him. And I'm going to suggest that you send all this through an email to Father Chad Rippiger um, and say, Father Rippiger, I don't know that I'll ever be able to get through to you personally, but I want to ask and beg for your help uh, tell father what area you live in and ask him if there's an exorcist priest he could recommend, uh, in your area, or if you can fly, take a plane to somebody. Um, don't live this way, Teresa. It is, um, it's awful. You are being attacked. This is nothing, um, nothing of God. And you need someone to free you of this. Don't live this way, uh, um, longer without doing something about it i don't know how you find a good exorcist but that's why i'm suggesting at any cost you get through to father chad ripiger um, you can look th- at the site census fidelium on the internet um uh auxilium uh, christiana i'm sure i'm saying it wrong he has a book out of prayers to say um when you're being attacked but um, I think you need more. I think you need to get to an exorcist who can help you do one. Um, we have a a message on Facebook from Anne who says, Dearest Mother Miriam, I truly enjoy listening to your radio talk show because you are so informative about current events and sharing with us, Catholic, us Catholics the teachings of Jesus Christ. Thank you so much, Anne. She says, I have a question for you. Is it a correct that a priest is allowed to give permissions to a lay person, male or female, to take Jesus from the monstrance and return him to the tabernacle? I need an answer because this is happening in one of our churches in uh, New Brunswick, Canada. I do not believe that it's correct. I know that many lay people have taken the Blessed Sacrament from the tabernacle and returned our Lord to the tabernacle. I know that happens in many cases. If it's in modern or the new canon law, I don't know. But uh, as far as I understand, no one but a priest goes to that tabernacle. No one. So um, you'd have to look it up in canon law, look it up in the GERM, G-I-R-M, General Instruction of the Roman Missal, or look it up in canon law, and you can get the answer there. Um, Type in, is it correct, um, for a layperson to remove our Lord from the tabernacle or return him there, and you'll get some good uh, canon law answers. There's one site named Canon Law Made Easy with very reliable answers, Um, but I do not believe it is correct. We have a Facebook, uh, again, another message from Facebook from Leah. And Leah says, when I die, is it permissible for me to donate my Catholic body to science? I have multiple sclerosis. It is. It is, Leah. Um, It is permissible for you to donate your uh, Catholic body to science or to donate certain organs uh, to science. Yes, yes you can. But what you need to be very careful, some organs um, are only usable if they're still alive. And what you want to be sure is that euthanasia is not committed on you, that you're not put to death in order for certain organs to be viable. That's what you must, must make sure of. Because murder to donate your organs is not legitimate. So when you die, not when you're put to death, yes, whatever of your Catholic body is uh, usable for science or maybe to help somebody who needs a liver or something else, that is absolutely permissible. But again, make sure that you're not put to death in the process. And by the way, you might know this, Leah, I'm a celiac, and the only thing that keeps me going is to be completely gluten-free. I've been that all my life completely gluten-free and you might know that a totally gluten-free diet has also been a cure for ms for multiple sclerosis so if you're not gluten-free go on a gluten-free diet not just to stay away from breads and pastas and cereals but check out the ingredients of every single thing you eat no food starch no wheat no barley nothing at all with gluten And if you've not done that before, you will be amazed at the improvement in your health. So God bless you. Leah, God bless all of you. Live the faith with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And if anyone teaches anywhere from your priest to the Holy Father, anyone teaches something that doesn't sound right to you, you look it up. And the teaching of the church is forever. It cannot truth does not change. If what they speak is not truth, you do not follow it. You do not obey error. You don't obey a person. You obey truth when that person speaks it. Okay, God bless all of you, and we'll speak with you next week. Have a wonderful weekend. God bless you.